everyone. Well, it's such a delight to have you here again in this session two on a two-part little series, mini-series of mini-messages. And I'm so glad that you've uh, joined us and that you're here to hear the Word of God because I know that this can transform our lives. The Word of God has that kind of power. So traveling on from this other session, the first session that we did, talking through a discipling practice. And it's always important when you're reading Scripture that you see the principle in the practice. So, I mean, there may be a moment where Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. Well, as a practice, that's not something that we would learn to do in our society because it doesn't mean a lot. But certainly serving other people at the lowest level, that's the principle there. Uh, there are principles all through Scripture, like when Gideon, uh, is, his army is reduced from 30,000 down to three, I think it's down to uh, 10,000, then down to 300. It, it just keeps getting reduced all the time. That is the principle is that God is saying, don't rely on your natural abilities, rely on God. And even if you haven't got a lot, you can still win big. And, and so there's principles in everything in Scripture. If you just take the time to meditate on the Scripture, you will draw out of it like marrow from the bone, like meat, the juices of the meat start to get into your spirit and give you strength so that you can feed others. Now, carrying on from the idea in Psalm 78, a Psalm of Asaph, where he says, Ephraim turned back in the day of battle. They had all the equipment, but they didn't have the heart. The reason they didn't have the heart is because their fathers forgot to tell them about how great God is and about how powerful God is and to remind them of the stories of those power uh, moments and of the glory of God in the way He split the sea, He destroyed Jericho, helped people possess the promised land. They stopped telling their kids about the power of God and maybe just concentrated on things like theology and things like theories and things like history and things like geography, whatever. But there are stories that we need to tell and impart to others that bring faith into their spirit, that encourage hearts and help them have the, have the confidence to face their own battles. So with that in mind, in the New Testament, we have 2 Timothy 2, 2. And Paul is writing to this young man who's a slightly shy, timid character. He has worrying, anxious problems. His stomach is often ill with dis-ease, unease. He's, he's a, a, a slightly more fragile person than he needs to be for the job that he's got. And so when Paul is writing to him, constantly he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And even though fear is Timothy's problem, Paul only mentions it twice, but he mentions faith 27 times in those epistles. So he is concentrating on the answer. And I would say to you as a father, put faith in your children. One of the most loving things you can do to your wife and to your children is to put faith in them. Faith in God, faith in themselves, and faith in other people. And uh, as, as they have that, they will maximize their life. They'll tap the potential in other people. They'll tap the potential in them. 
and they'll unlock the power of God. And so telling them, have faith in God. God is with you, kids. He's going to help you. God's going to be with you. It's a matter of putting faith in there, not just saying, I'm going to pray for you. Uh, because that's, that hasn't really got a conclusion about it. We need to say things that are definite, like God is going to move with you. The power of heaven is with you. We can see it. It's the will of God from Scripture, no doubt about it. And when, when Jeremiah lost faith in himself and God said, I have chosen you before you were born. And he said, oh God, I can't, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. God said, do not say you're too young. And he starts to put faith in the boy. He says, you'll go wherever I send you. You'll be powerful. And it's, it's like when we don't have faith in ourselves, God still does. Even his own son, Jesus, you would think of all the people on the earth who are not going to need somebody to have faith in them. It's got to be Jesus. But he's like us. He's, he became you and me. He became us. And the father opened up the heavens and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It's impossible to please God without faith. And he said, I'm pleased with this boy. I love this kid. And when you hear that, oh, let me tell you, let me, let me tell you this, that the most secure people I know on earth are people who are loved and they know they're loved. Let me read this, this passage to you. 1 John 4 verse 16 it says, We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and He who abides in love abides in God and God in Him. Okay, just that first part is, is incredible. It says, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. There are times uh, you might have felt like God loves you and you've heard somebody preaching, God loves you. And, and you can go like, yeah, I, I get it. And in the moment, it's like beautiful. You think, oh, I'm loved by God. Whew. But there's another step you've got to take with that. You've got to believe it. And on that point, a lot of people have difficulty. They feel the love, but they don't quite believe that God does love them. And that's a step you've got to take into that faith zone, saying, I believe that He does. Not just because I felt it, but because the Word of God says it. I've found that the most insecure people in life are people who do not know love. They do not know they are loved. They do not know who loves them or if anybody does. So there, you can never actually affirm them enough that always said, was, that, was I all right? Did I do okay? Is everything all right? You know, like, are we okay? And they're very insecure. And, and you're fragile. The, the relationship is fragile because it can blow up any minute. And no matter how much you say, I love you, you're good. They don't believe it. It's like a bottomless pit. You could say it a million times. It still wouldn't land because they're cynical. They've been wounded. They've been hurt. They distrust people, whatever. And we live in a world with a lot of people who are in that zone. You know you're insecure if, if like a person you think is your friend goes off with another person. And you get all nervy thing. Oh, golly, they the, have their friend now and they've rejected me. Or you, you look on, on Instagram and you get all insecure. These people have got so much and they got so much. If you know you're loved by God in heaven, none of it matters. 
I've got the greatest security and confidence in the world. I'm loved by God. And we need to be able to tell the people around us these, these facts. The most secure, confident people I know who are uncaring about the opinions of others, who, who are uncaring of their own opinion of themselves even can say, you know what? Even if I don't feel so great about myself, I know that my Father in heaven does. I know that He has put His seal, His love upon me. And that's where Jesus lived. Because from the day of the River Jordan baptism, He had those words in His head. This is my beloved Son. Public affirmation by a father is huge for a kid. And and He gave it to Jesus. Ownership, this is my Son. Such an affirmation. And not just my Son, my beloved Son saying, I love you, son. And then the affirmation of you're approved, you're okay. Everything's all right. I'm pleased. I'm happy. The worst thing a father can do is always express how unhappy he is with his son or his daughter or others. You know, ah, why can't you do better? Why can't? I, I once knew a father, a son anyway, in our church who got nine, over 99% in his final exams and his father said, why couldn't you get a hundred? That would be an impossible father to please. And maybe he's insecure, trying to get his security out of his son's achievement, et cetera, et cetera. But let me tell you, love is the key. And when we are ministering to the people around about us to put courage in their heart, one of the most powerful things that you can do is to get them to believe the love, not just experience it, not just give a gift, but help them know and believe that they are loved by God. And you know what? It's not even in the giver of the love that that has to take place. It's in the receiver. There's got to come a day where I just believe it. Unafraid of being disappointed, unafraid of trust being betrayed, etc. And believe me, in my life, I'm 69 years of age while I'm preaching this message. And in 69 years, you have, a, you have a bunch of moments where you're betrayed, especially if you're a leader and you're in church life and you're in, you have a lot of people who leave, who come, who go, who, who are casual in the relationship. You can let that affect you or you can say, no, I'm loved by God. I know that. And I know the people around me who love me. And I believe it. And when, if it gets disappointed, I'm not going to let that make me cynical. And so when we, when we are dealing with people, that's what Paul did for Timothy. Not only did he preach faith into him, his very attention to the young man meant that I am discipling you, son. I'm mentoring you, but I'm also fathering you. And I'm doing that with the love of God. So then he instructs him, and like this scripture in 2 Timothy 2 2 that I was going to before. He says, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is discipling people. It isn't just giving people a set of rules to live on a particular pathway, it is saying, This is a four generation impartation. Paul to Timothy to faithful men to others. And so Paul is saying the things you've heard from me and the things he heard from Paul, Paul had heard from Jesus. 
And so he's saying, uh, I've preached these things. You've heard me preaching them. I want you to take those things and share them with faithful men. I mean, choose the people that you share the stuff with. And then he says, and then they will be able to continue the discipling process through the church. This is how the church is meant to grow. By faithful men teaching others, them teaching others. And we need to commission our people not only to be teaching the principles and the practices, but also to be imparting the love of God, the care of God, so that when people are around us, they should feel secure. They haven't got any, a lot of things to prove. They're accepted as they are. They're not under a cloud of criticism. They're not under a cloud of scrutiny or fearful in the relationship that they're going to put a foot wrong. They're not walking on eggshells around anybody, but there is a completely stable, secure, confident atmosphere in our churches, in our people, in our own personal lives. I'm praying for you today that the blessing and the power of God would help you to disciple people, not only with information, but with an impartation of the love of God. In Jesus' name, bring blessing on every listener and viewer here today. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, thanks everybody for jumping on this week. Hey, tag a friend, would you? Uh, and uh, give us some ratings on whether you listen on Podbean, Spotify, uh, podcasts, whatever medium you are, please help us know how we're doing so we can do better. And if you've got any suggestions, please let us know. Uh, as I said, tag a friend, tag a couple friends even, and hit that subscribe button so that uh, we'll turn up in your inbox every week. Looking forward to talking with you next week. Once again, thanks for being with us. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Bye.